Hi! You're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how scientists measure how contagious and deadly diseases are and the history of acedia, an emotion that is similar to but distinct from depression. We'll also answer a listener question about why it helps to do a potty dance when you really have to go to the bathroom. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Right now, there's a respiratory virus spreading across China and into the rest of the world. I'm, of course, talking about coronavirus. It's serious enough that the World Health Organization has declared the outbreak an international public health emergency. Now, we generally shy away from developing news stories on this podcast, because our goal is more to make you smarter about the world in general, and there are plenty of other places to get breaking news. But we thought we'd explain some of the science behind the outbreak, specifically how scientists measure a disease's contagiousness and deadliness, and how coronavirus compares to other diseases. The rate at which a disease spreads is defined by a term called r naught. That's like R with a little zero. R naught tells you the average number of people that will catch a disease from an infected person. If R naught equals one, every existing infection causes one new infection. If it's less than one, every infection causes less than one new infection, which means it'll probably die out. If it equals more than one, you get more than one new infection from each existing infection. That is how you get epidemics. Deadliness, meanwhile, is measured in a few different ways. One of the simplest is the case fatality rate, or CFR. That's the number you get when you divide the number of deaths by the number of total cases of the disease. It's not 100% accurate because it misses newly diagnosed patients who will eventually die, but it's a good rough estimate. So how contagious and deadly is coronavirus? With the information available as of Monday, February 3rd, coronavirus has an r naught between 1.5 and 3.5, meaning every infection may produce up to 3.5 new infections. Coronavirus also has a case fatality rate of 2%. For comparison, SARS, another coronavirus, has an r naught of 2.8, with a fatality rate of 9.6%. That means it spreads at about the same rate as coronavirus, but it's more deadly. Similarly, Ebola has an r naught of 2.2 with a fatality rate of 50%. The seasonal flu, meanwhile, has an r naught of about 1.3 and a CFR of 0.1%. Yet, it's so common that it kills up to 650,000 people each year, roughly 1,800 times as many lives as coronavirus has claimed so far. Whether it's coronavirus or garden-variety influenza, the same advice wins out. Get your flu shot, wash your hands often, and if you feel sick, stay home. Let's do our best to stay healthy and keep each other safe. You know that feeling you get when you're super bored, but you don't really want to do anything? Maybe you feel like nothing really matters or like there's no points to anything. That feeling has a name, and that name is acedia. And some say it's related to depression, but others say it's a different feeling altogether. Whatever it is, it's got a very long history, and we thought we'd get into it today. The term acedia originated in a community of 4th century Christian monks called the Desert Fathers and Mothers. They lived in, you guessed it, the desert, and they mostly prayed, fasted, and worked. They spent a lot of time alone. Even by 4th century standards, it wasn't a fun lifestyle. Acedia was the term the monks used for the dark feelings that sometimes overtook them, a mix of boredom, numbness, and a lack of connection to the spiritual world. Essentially, the ancient version of, ugh, who cares, nothing matters. 
Originally, the monks counted acedia as the worst of the eight bad thoughts. That is a list of evil temptations rather than outright sins, which also included gluttony, impurity, avarice, sadness, anger, vainglory, and pride. Over time, though, they evolved into the seven deadly sins we know today, and acedia was just rolled up into the all-purpose sloth. The thinking went that acedia might be specifically a monk thing, not particularly relatable to Christianity's everyman. But acedia has actually been gaining traction again in the 21st century. A writer named Kathleen Norris recently published a book called Acedia and Me, in which she argues that no, acedia isn't just an old-timey word for depression. Depression is a more medical bodily problem, she says, whereas acedia is a more spiritual issue. You might call it purposelessness or a lack of self-discipline. And there's no hard research on the difference between acedia and depression. And it could be that depression and acedia could be two different ways of looking at the same experience. Maybe depression is the clinical way and acedia is the spiritual way. But whatever the case, the concept of acedia has been helping people for millennia. Monks, they're just like us. I mean, it's helpful anytime you can look at something from a different perspective, right? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely felt this emotion. And naming your emotions can be helpful. We've learned that on past episodes. Gwendolyn. <laughs> <laughs> we got a listener question from Stuart who asks, when you have to go to the bathroom, why is it that hopping or moving around helps assuage the urge? Great question, Stuart. Ah, the pee-pee dance. Perhaps the first dance move that everybody learns. It doesn't really make sense, does it? Jumping and gyrating around seems like it would only put more stress on your full bladder, making the urge to go even worse. But the urination shuffle isn't a physical fix, it's mental. It's what experts call a displacement behavior, basically a helpful distraction. When you're faced with a conflict like the desire to pee crossed with the desire to not wet your pants, your brain may decide to distract you from the dilemma by making you do something totally unrelated. Animals do this too. Like when a dog is told to sit before it can have its bowl of kibble, the conflict between wanting to eat and wanting to do what you say might lead it to yawn, scratch, or start grooming itself. People, likewise, do these sorts of things in non-bathroom situations, too. Maybe you scratch your head or chew your nails when you're faced with a tough decision. Or check Facebook when you're trying to decide whether to chat up a stranger at a party. Been there. A big reason this works, though, is that your urge to go can often be mental, too. Your bladder is a muscular organ that's tightly controlled by the brain. Most of the time, your brain keeps the bladder muscle relaxed so it can hold urine. All the while, the bladder sends regular updates to the brain on how full it is. When it's time to go, the brain tells the muscle to contract, and you urinate. But when you're in situations where you tend to use the facilities, your brain can jumpstart this process when it's not necessary. It's like Pavlov's dog, except instead of a dog drooling when it hears the dinner bell, it's your bladder straining when it gets to the front door of your house. In extreme cases, this can even lead to accidents, in a condition sometimes called latchkey incontinence. Experts say that the more you give in to these false alarms, the worse they can get. To train yourself out of needing to go the minute you get in the door, try to use the bathroom before you head home so you know the urge is just in your head. Over time, you might have less of a need to do the pee-pee dance in the first place. Thanks for your question, Stuart. If you have a question, send it in to podcast at curiosity.com. And new this week, you can call us on our studio line. Ha-ha! Leave a voicemail at 312-596-5208. 
Yeah, we have a brand new studio line. Leave your voicemail with your questions, and you may hear your voice on a future episode. You can call from anywhere in the world using the U.S. country code, and our number here is 312-596-5208. Pro tip, as a guy that has both worked in radio and called into lots of places for a long time, if you're not sure exactly how to phrase your question, write it down first. It'll just make it sound smoother and cooler, smarter, sharper, more curious. <laughs> One more time, that's 312-596-5208. I'm so excited. Can't wait to hear from you. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn about why science says opposites don't really attract, how doctors detected and treated an astronaut's medical problem in space for the first time, a Stanford study that uncovered how to get better at picking creative ideas, when and why we started using last names, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. Well, I learned that scientists measure contagiousness and deadliness separately, so the silver lining right now is that coronavirus's deadliness rate doesn't seem to be as high as some other really deadly diseases, but it's still contagious and it still is deadly. But it has not taken as many lives as the illnesses that we have around us all the time, every day. So still take those everyday precautions. Fingers crossed those numbers stay low. Yes. And if you have that feeling where nothing matters and you're avoiding your responsibilities and you don't really care, that's an emotion called acedia. And it might be the spiritual answer to the physical condition we know as depression. But you could feel acedia when you aren't depressed. Yeah, they're two separate things for sure. But I think they, they interact a lot. Hopefully there will be more research on this in the future. Yeah. And we also learned that we potty dance because it distracts your brain from, you know, having to go to the bathroom. So bust a move. Choreograph it. <laughs> Teach yourself a whole routine. Yeah, but also just use the bathroom whenever you can so that you don't get stuck in that situation. Uh, as a gamer growing up, I can tell you that's not an option. <laughs> Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer and Mae Rice, with editing by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was scripted, produced, and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend and join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.